Welcome to It Came From A Podcast. This is our San Diego Comic-Con prep course. Once again, you're listening to It Came From A Podcast, where we curate pop culture for your inner geek. Uh, I'm Sergio A.M., and joining me is Ricky Kazvan. Is that your name, Ricky? That is my name. What's up, everybody? And we also have Ben Kacharski. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me again. Again. Yeah, we're stuck with you, and now you're going to stay on the podcast forever. I don't know what that voice was, man. I I don't know. It was ominous. I liked it. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I, I like triple chinned it while doing it. <laughs> Before we get into everything, I kind of want to give my history with, with Ben a little bit. Um, I went to Comic-Con for the first time three years ago now, wow, and uh, I met I met Ben basically on Google, on Google Plus and a bunch of other people, and Ben pretty much took me in and became my, my Comic-Con fairy godmother, which we always joke about. He, he showed me the ways and... Uh, he basically told me what I needed to do and where I needed to go to get the most out of the Comic Con experience. So um, I always go to him and I basically let him make my my schedule. Um, That's so, awesome, dude. So yeah, he's like your Yoda. He is my Comic Con Yoda. Um, or well, I mean, like your Obi Wan. Let's do that. There you go. And, uh, and I loved meeting Ricky because he, I was a little bit jaded, and he, because uh, this is going to be my. 14th comic-con in 15 years i missed one um and he had dude, like his that sucks. his yeah no i i, Go I back in time at, dude well i got mad at comic-con and so i was gonna show <laughs> it and it didn't work it didn't work at all it showed me i was at home and i was sad while it was happening um and then ricky had his like wide-eyed optimism and like childlike wonderment and i was like oh i want to make him happy so i taught i taught him all the things nice so what is that like? All the bathroom locations and like the nearest, like the you know the, the best lines to make. What yep. does that mean? All of it. Like you need to know stuff like when you can sleep and where you can go to the bathroom and that you need comfortable shoes and you need snacks. It's crazy. Wait, because you said you said sleep. I don't ever remember sleeping at Comic Con. Yeah, at Ricky. Not- <laughs> Ricky was uh, staying in Tijuana and didn't sleep for like a week. <laughs> That's 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 good. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I, uh, sleep is okay sometimes, and sometimes it's it's just a waste. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. And there there's a there's a three two one rule. Um, the first person that I heard about this from was James from the the Comic Con blog. I don't know if it's like famous or who it came from or what, but the three two one rule is three hours of sleep a night, two real meals a day, and one shower. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if you can possibly skip the meal, wouldn't that be worth it? Because then you wouldn't have to go to the bathroom. That's true. I mean, if you could just get like an IV and a catheter, it could be like <laughs> the best experience no, ever. Guys, Soylent. Have you heard of Soylent? I have. I heard it's people? Just Soylent. It's great. Yeah, new, sp- I'm new, check sponsor, it out. new sponsor for the show. Soylent. Brought to you by Soylent. No, it's not made from people. At least not this version. 
So, so Ben, for all those wide-eyed optimists who are going to Comic-Con for the first time like I was three years ago, uh, what advice could we give them or could you give them going into the whole To avoid being kidnapped and murdered and beaten savagely. Yes. Um, So the the cool thing about Comic-Con for everybody who's like thought about doing it, but they're not sure if they want to, um, it's this huge group. And for the most part, I mean, like 99% is very, very nice, very like uh, live and let live, non-judgmental, like like-minded people. And you go there and you're welcomed, you know, no matter what your deal is or what your fandom is, you don't feel unwelcome. Like, you can be a brony. You can be anything you want to be. Um, I don't want to be a brony, but I don't judge. Um, it's a loving community. So, sidebar: yeah. I just saw I just saw a brony documentary on uh, on Netflix. And like I which no of idea. the twenty? Because it's like the Steve Jobs thing. There's like four of them. It's like it's the, the official- Ashton. It's the Ashton Kutcher bronies movie. Not that one. It was the. It was like the. Uh, I guess the, the unofficial Fassbender. official one. Yeah, that one. No, it was a. Uh, oh, the Fastbender one. Yeah, no, it was, there's a there's a really interesting subculture, which I, I guess we won't get into now, but maybe at a future wait, wait, episode. Let's just say that the majority of people who go to Comic-Con have, share that kind of mentality. No. no Not with ponies. Okay. But with their thing. Yeah. Whatever their thing is. Yeah, but you have a look for something. The, was this the one that had the military lunch? Yes, that one. Okay, we saw the same one. It's weird. There's like a subsect of like active and ex-military people and there's like this there was like this philosophy behind it by this like psychologist woman about how like bronyism is like a metaphor for the military but also like post PTSD like love and they got it was weird they really they really got into the psychology of it but what what I liked the most about it, and, and it, it goes back to what you just said about Comic-Con being a judgment-free zone. I remember there was a there was a kid on documentary who I think he had... Asperger's? What, yeah, he had Asperger's, and he was like... He didn't know how to interact socially. He was really scared of going out uh, to the con- convention because he was going by himself. And then he, he went to the convention, and he was, like, accepted. And you even see in the movie, you see him open up and, like become social and i thought that was so awesome and um and it's the same thing at comic-con it's encouraging to see that stuff and we learned that british british people say aspergers which is weird i did not know that aspergers i think my thing with comic-con is that it feels like it's now maybe too late in a sense that it's probably too busy and too big for me to take in you know what i mean yeah, like I like I wish that I'd done Coachella and South by Southwest like five to ten years ago. I missed the window. Well, the thing is, like I would go now only for merchandise, like exclusives. The exclusives make me crazy, and so I sort of resigned myself a while ago to understanding that I just I'm not going to do exclusives, and I make good enough money to where if I really want the exclusives, I can buy them on eBay later. I do. I and normally do. Yeah, and if you're a smart eBayer, you like learn the bell curve of of uh, exclusive pricing. Yeah. Like right after the convention is the most of expensive, course. then like a couple weeks to a month later, the price goes down, 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 and then once the you know like six months later, you missed your chance, and then the price is big yeah. again. 
Yeah. All right. So what are you guys doing to prepare your bodies for the event that is Comic-Con? Comic-Con. Comic Comic Convention, which, by the way, almost everybody in the world agrees that it's a a very large comic book convention that has a lot of pop culture aspects. You could call it Pop Culture Con at this point. Pop Culture Con, I think, is a better name for it, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what I do to prepare myself, um, I bought two sets of shoes and I broke them in. Uh, You make a lot of crazy lists, and one is like your packing list, one is your panels list, one is like your, uh, if this is full, what's like a second thing I might want to do at the same time, like a backup list. Um, Like two weeks beforehand, I start like a crazy vitamin regimen because I don't want to get sick before I go. I don't want to go get sick during my trip, Um, if that makes sense. I mean, I know that's like crazy specific, but I mean... You, the Ebola. Yeah, exactly. I got to get my malaria shots, everything. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you want to make sure that when you get there, you have everything that you need. So you want, like, plenty of socks. And um, you want to... Electrolytes. Exactly. And you want to have extra batteries for your phone, be it, like, a an external battery, like, that you can swap out if your phone does that, or, like, a, a brick power source that you can just plug it into... Um, all of these things are things that you want to take into consideration before, because if you get there and you don't have them, you're done. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is have a, an a empty battery at Comic-Con and not be able to take pictures of any of the things, the people, the costumes, the events. The, so yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, this, the celebrity that you walked around the corner and you're like face to face with, you're like, ah, oh, my battery's uh, dead. Maybe next time. <laughs> um, yeah, Ricky, what do you do? You do anything special to prep other than what I discussed? I do two things. I try to sleep as much as possible because I know that I will not, I'll barely get any sleep at Comic Con. And then mm-hmm. I just ask Ben and I do whatever he tells me to do to prepare because he knows it all. Yes. <laughs> I just picture you guys like getting ready with 80s music playing in the background like a montage. Oh, yeah. ben, ben and I are rooming together this year, so that might actually happen. I have a tiger, man. Listen to it every morning to get you guys prepped and ready. So we are we are rooming with uh, my brother, who is Joey Kacharski. He is the owner and editor of the blog Tyranny of Style. Uh, Joey is about costume design, and he's going to be moderating two panels at Comic-Con. Joey and Ricky haven't met before. And then our mutual friend, Ricky's friend, Gaspar, is going to be staying with us. And Joey and Gaspar haven't met before, so that'll be interesting. But, I mean, we're all awesome. Yeah. Dude, we should get you guys on for the next episode as a recap of what happened or something like that. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. Uh, So then, um, so I'm flying. Ricky, you're flying. Yes, sir. And then my brother is temporarily located in Orange County, so he's going to take a train which is different, train travel. Um, it's trending. Yeah. And then, um, so we all get in Wednesday, Ricky, or Tuesday night? I uh, come in Tuesday night, and I don't have a place to stay, so I got to figure that one out. I might just go out around the town and, I don't know, do stuff. Yeah. Sleep around? Ricky's yeah. used to sleeping on the sidewalk like a homeless person. Th- so. there, you, there you go. Yeah, I just get one of those jackets that are that serve as a... As a um, sleeping bag as well so you just sleep literally anywhere the reason why i'm going tuesday night is because uh a lot of things happen wednesday which is also preview night but i don't have a ticket to preview night so um i want to make sure that i'm in san diego early enough to be able to get ready 
and attend these events. We're going to a par- I'm going to a party that's hosted by uh, the San Diego Unofficial Comic Con blog, which I'm really really looking forward to. So um, yeah, um, that's why yeah. I want to make sure that I'm there on time. So so where we are at this point is preview night. Preview night is always a Wednesday night, um, and. I think that preview night can be attended by about half as many people as can, I mean, maybe a quarter as many people as can attend a regular day. It's like four hours long, and people get the opportunity to walk the floor, get some swag, buy some exclusives. Some of the exclusives will actually sell out that day, though the companies with more foresight will have something like they'll release, you know, 50 a day or 100 a day, so you don't have to be present at preview night to take advantage of things. Um, and then a separate thing that they have going on in one of the biggest rooms is they show pilots of TV shows that'll either be starting in the fall or in the whatever spring, but spring is January. So that's weird. Um, TV cycles. And so like, we'll get to see like last year during the, no, that didn't really happen. Um, well it gets complicated. Yeah. So last year, well this year this year sorry they're gonna have supergirl and so supergirl i'm pretty sure starts in or uh in september September, october yeah i saw that all all the cw shows are premiering in october which is super late um i think it's because it's my birthday so they're like we have to get it ready for him happy birthday sergio here's your show (laughs) happy early birthday so they'll show birthday have a little crap yeah Whatever. Um, they'll show three or four pilots to TV shows, and you'll get to Wait, see those. Did you, just like say, did you just say CW shows were crap? Yeah, oh, that's what I said. No, I said Supergirl is. Oh. What? Okay, hold on. Did you see it? Stay on topic for one more second. Um, you get an opportunity to watch three or four pilots that the regular masses wouldn't get to see for like two to eight months, which is awesome. Um, I have seen the pilot for Supergirl... And it was—I I thought it was super cute, and I—I I really like cute. I thought it was better than what I expected it to be, which was a, which was good. Um, we talked about it, Sergio. We uh, well, simple thoughts. We'll keep simple thoughts yeah, out there. Simple thoughts. I think it was be- way better than the trailer portrayed it to be. This is my fight song. Oh. Let's not get back. <laughs> it, it felt like it would absolutely be at home at the CW, and that is like a weird phenomenon of just because a studio makes a show doesn't mean that they air the show and so it is what a cbs show but then sometimes but then sometimes cbs shows air on the cw so there's really like no purist it can have a feel and that doesn't mean anything so um okay so continuing on uh on preview night uh, the San Diego Comic-Con unofficial blog is having a party. The party was crowdfunded in the sense that we were able to raise the funds for the party beforehand by people purchasing tickets. Then we were able to rent the venue, etc. Um, so the party sold out. There's going to be 300 guests. Everybody is going to get a gift bag and raffle tickets and T-shirts and a lot of awesome prizes, uh, basically all you can drink, which who doesn't Woo! want that? Uh, oh, man, I feel horrible for you guys. It's, That's going to end horribly. Yeah, I, I said it. It's gonna. I know it's going to end horribly. I, I, just, I get one of those feelings. And we have a lot of us are, uh, are planning on camping out for the, the next for Hall H the next day. So I don't well, know how that's going to go. 
And we'll talk about that camping out thing. So the party will go until, I think, 10 p.m., which oh. kind of gives us 10, okay. 11, and then gives us the opportunity to be responsible adults and right. sober up and go to sleep or whatever. Right. Ricky um, or Sergio, anything else you guys want to discuss about preview night? Uh, it is preview night is it is the hardest ticket to probably get right out of the out of the five or the four. Yeah, the first thing to sell out. Now let me ask you um, for the what is it? A, it's a party then, is it that you guys are having? Yeah. Are you guys doing anything with cosplay? Um, not specifically. I'm sure people will show up in cosplay, but we didn't set aside anything specifically for cosplay. And, and I've had a lot of people in the past ask me questions about cosplay. They always say, are you going to dress up? What are you going to dress up as? I was trying to think to myself what the statistic is for cosplayers. I think that like 5% of people dress up. Does that sound fair, Ricky? Wow. I, I would. Well, I mean, you're, that depends if you consider the majority that cosplays as Comic-Con attendees. Right, 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 right. So, <laughs> right, right. That is an inaccurate cross-section of the public. Uh, I would say 5% of the people that attend do any sort of cosplay during the convention. The main reason I don't cosplay, and I think might be the, a, a large, I guess a large majority of people that go to Comic-Con to live in San Diego and to, to carry around all that stuff on the plane... Um, to cosplay, I would never be able to do. So that's probably one of the main reasons why I've never actually cosplayed at, at Comic-Con. Yeah. And and you need the bod, dude. The seven pack. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my honest answer. Um, I'm a little body conscious, and my body is not exactly where I want it to be. So I'm not comfortable cosplaying, but I would like to think sometime in the future i'm going to be rocking some spandex and people are going to be like dang and i'm going to be like yeah you want a piece of that <laughs> so ben if you could cosplay as one thing what would you cosplay as i don't know the only thing that i've ever cosplayed as in my life ever was two halloweens one halloween ago so not this one but the one before i was finn from adventure time and that was a lot of fun um but i mean i could do anything like i think being able to be a power ranger would be awesome uh, being able to do like a Star Trek costume would be awesome. Um, lot, yeah, anything. I would be super excited. I'm gonna, I'm you, gonna cosplay as Ben Kacharski from Hashtag Let's oh. next year. I knew it. Oh, we're gonna have to talk about that, but we'll save that for later. Um, <laughs> another thing that I always think is really cool about the cosplay stuff is the gender bender costumes where people do the opposite versions. You get girl Thor. Before there even was Girl Thor. Was that Girl Thor, right? Um, there was this gender bender crew that I have pictures of uh, from two years ago. One year ago, two years ago. Um, and it was uh, X-Men, but everybody was a different gender. So you had, awesome. you had boy Rogue, uh, boy Scarlet Witch, girl Wolverine, which was not what x23 or whatever <laughs> x23 um, there you go yeah and and so it was uh yeah, so those were, I always think those are really cool because it takes extra skill and effort. You know, you're not just cost or like copying something that you saw, like you're putting extra thought into it. I, I saw a lot of male Elsas from Frozen last year. Oh, I did not. There's a always lot a lot. Them. There's always one or two. No, okay, that's not fair. There's, there's a fair amount of uh, male slave Leias. That's weird. Yes, that's, but I, I feel. I feel like that's always done in jest and never, never 
right. to be taken seriously. You know what I mean? There, there's other really interesting jest costumes. Like there's the Elvis Stormtrooper. <laughs> there's the the Snow White Stormtrooper. There's some is, weird ones, but yeah. they're cool. I love the Snow White one. Love or or, one. Uh, or steampunk interpretations of uh-huh. fill in the blank. Uh, at, at Phoenix Comic Con, always wins. That's why. Yeah, at Phoenix Comic Con, there was a Viking Sailor Moon troop, and they had one of every soldier with like a Viking interpretation of a Sailor <laughs> Moon outfit. That was weird and cool. So back on track. Um, back on track. There's I think big... that covers preview night. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. No, I I just think that that covers preview night. Oh, covers preview. So the next big one, which is. The big one, at least for me, is Hall H. What can you tell us about the monstrosity that is Hall H? So Hall H didn't used to exist. Um, it is a hall that was built on to the end of the convention center several years back. And so my first year attending was 2001. I can't quote you when it was created, but something like 2008, 2009, it it existed and so it is like the hugest room imaginable it's like an airplane hangar it seats six thousand people um and it is the room where they have all of the panels that will have the biggest draw and so this year you know the one that everybody's losing their minds over is that it's going to be a tent or the the place for the star wars uh, force awakens panel which a lot of mystery yeah a lot of mystery around it the cast will probably be there there will probably be a new trailer. Um, yes, Ricky is very excited about that one. Very excited about it. I, then, um, the, 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 the lineup for, for that Star Wars trailer is going to start like three days before. And I will be first person in line because I want to be at the very, very front for that one. And well, I, will, that, that, I will cry for that panel. I'm yeah, warning you now. That has been the topic of much debate. How early do you have to line up? How ridiculous, you know, will the crowd or the line be? Um, And so something to kind of discuss on that topic is um, what your expectations are for it. Ricky and a lot of other people want to be as close as humanly possible. I am one of those people who is satisfied just being in the room. And being in the room means, you know, somewhere relatively close to where you are, there's a video screen, which is almost as close as being like in the front row. But I mean, if you're a photographer, if you're a super fan, you want to be that close. I'm cool just being in the room, no matter who. I will, can you bring binoculars? Yes, you can. Do it. I will say this, and I've, I've been, I've been in the back. I've been in the middle. Anywhere you are in that room, and I, I don't. It could be the front, the middle, the back. You still feel that energy, which is incredible. When those, when, when the big panels come, and like I, I think last year was, I remember it was WB, and you got that 360 kind of screen wrap all around you, and like. like you can just feel the energy in the room. Just being there is an amazing experience. But your exception is Star Wars. You want to be close to well, that. Star, I mean, Star Wars is... If, if, I would say it's my biggest fan. I mean, it's, it's such a big part of my life. And uh, to have a new movie come out that everybody's so excited for and, and knowing that I'm going to be there, um, experiencing that and seeing new footage that people haven't seen yet, I, uh, that is the one that I, I want to be at the, the front yeah. If, Are you going to run on stage or ask a question? Uh, no, because I don't want to get kicked out. I, I might ask a question, but I'm definitely not running on stage. What question would you ask? No, Ricky will, like, whimper. That's a thing. I, I, don't, I don't think I'll be able to get a word out through my tears. Um, so Just go out there and cry, dude. 
be the guy who will become a meme and gonna, will advertise our podcast. I'm going to cry, and then I'm going to ask J.J. Uh, Abrams for a hug, and that'll be yeah. it. You know, to follow our podcast is what you should do. Yeah, so I'm gonna, that, um, <laughs> no, Sergio, you're touching on an interesting point. Like, all of the people who are like, hi, my name is Blah, and I'm a part of Blah, everybody, like, sort of groans. Like, ugh, nobody cares about your podcast, dummy. Ben's going to explain what this is now, but I just want to give a big shout-out to, uh, to Button Lady. Oh, Button Lady. She is something. Okay. Button Lady is a sort of a, a Comic-Con fixture. She's this woman that has this cloak, and the cloak is covered in buttons or pins. The whole thing weighs, like, 20 pounds, and she camps out in Hall H for, like, all four days and asks a question, like, every single panel. It's, it's interesting. Are they good questions? Um, pretty good. I mean, the person who asks a question of every panel, it sort of cheapens it, but I think she gives some thought to her questions. She, uh, I sometimes feel like the questions are just a waste of time for a majority of them. It's like they ask similar questions, too, and it's weird. I agree. So Chris Hardwick moderates like 75% of the panels at Hall Age. and I love his face whenever she comes on the screen. Like you can tell he's just like, oh, man, not again. So, yeah, so we're, we're kind of like lots of tangents, but uh, in addition to, you know, who's going to be at the panel, a lot of people love the moderators. Uh, Chris Hardwick does a lot. And then you have like editors and writers from TV Guide, Entertainment Weekly. Uh, this year, Conan O'Brien is going to do the moderation of the Hunger Games panel, which I don't think he's ever done one before. Um, so that should be interesting. That should be massive. I would love to see that. Yeah, so I believe that I'm going to be attending. Actually, you know what? Offsites, we'll we'll handle that separately. So, um, so what there is to know is that in addition to Wednesday, which is preview night, you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and all of them are pretty evenly distributed amounts of awesome. You have to pick a schedule, which all the schedules are out now, and so you can sort of decide what you want to do. Uh, there's some rooms where you have to plan on being in them all day. Uh, there's some that you can sort of come and go as you please. And so there's TV show panels, movie panels, author panels, um, cosplay panels, fandom panels. Uh, uh, you know, you could there, there could be one like how to get started and publish your own comic, how to get started with your own podcast. You know, some of them are educational. There's like everything. There, you know what, my there's so many interesting panels, and it happens to me every year. There's so many panels that I want to go to in smaller rooms because they're just generally interesting, and there's a lot of good panels for creatives. But I always get circled into Hall H, and I that's one of the things that I hate, man. You have to. Something with, with Comic Con is like you have to be prepared to not be able to do everything that you want to do because you're not going to be able to do everything you want to do. Yeah, I ha- I have to. Um... Like, it takes a certain amount of discipline or, you know, however you want to look at it. I have resolved that my Thursday and my Sunday are going to be super open, and I will not be in Hall H. So I will be other places doing other things, be it shopping or smaller panels. But um, the, the rooms uh, hold anywhere from 200 to 6,000 people, and that's something to keep in perspective. Like, if you're going to a How to Publish Your Own Comic panel, it could be like a room that holds 300 people. Yeah. Oh, and that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that that basically covers Hall H and panels. And then you were talking about shopping. That's another thing I want to bring up: exclusives. People, yes. People go crazy at Comic Con for exclusives. 
So I hope. Yes, we do. I, I hope that I'm quoting this correctly, but apparently the size of the exhibit hall floor is larger, something like slightly larger than three football fields. Does that it's, sound it's, right, Ricky? It's 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 very big and very it is overwhelming. It's very overwhelming for somebody who has never been to Comic Con. Yeah. Is there a lot of running? No, no running. Um, no, there... You can't run, or there's just no room to run? Both. Um, you, you could get your butt tossed out, and no. there's no room either. No pushing, no shoving. Again, you know, you want to... There's the mutual respect thing, and there's, there's actually security everywhere. And that's for people's safety. You know, you don't want to have a riot. You don't want to have a stampede. Uh, that's, but, like, a really interesting no point. King, there's, yeah. there's security everywhere, everywhere. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, there's not one yeah. bad thing that comes of having security, but they're I mean, everywhere. There's, there's a lot of people in costume walking around with fake weapons and swords and stuff. So you know, you need somebody to keep the peace in case. I don't want to. I don't want to see a riot with a bunch of people with like swords running at me and stuff. So you know, Ex- exactly. And they, I'm pretty sure you would like to see them like that. Kinda. Uh, they have weapons policies, which you can and can't take in. There's no selfie sticks policy, which would A, be sort of a disaster, and B, it could be like a weapon. You know, you can't have 130,000 people with selfie sticks. Yeah, me and Ricky discussed this on the other podcast, the last episode, and uh, oh boy, I do not blame them for not allowing people to do that because, I would say, hey, you know what, smack someone in the right part of the face and they're dead. Yeah. Death by in, selfie in, stick. In general, selfie sticks are, are lame. I mean... Who wants a selfie stick? I don't. Ricky does. I have. I took one to Disney World and uh, had a great time with it. And now they got banned. So Sergio and I joke that I'm the reason why selfie sticks got banned at Disney World. Well, tell them about the lady that you hit across the head and she's still in a coma. Shut that's up. that's that's off the record, Sergio. Off the record. We call her Sleeping okay, Beauty. I'll edit that out too. Then Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Um, <laughs> yeah. One one of the, my favorite selfie things in crumbs uh there was like a picture i don't know what it was on but i saw it on the internet this woman's selfie stick was like a fake fiance's hand so like in every yeah, picture her holding the dude's hand and it's got that's like amazing. clothes and stuff i like that one okay so the, the exhibit hall floor it's where you do your shopping it's where they give free swag sometimes you spot celebrities down there you get to see most of your people doing their cosplay um, there are tiny artist, you know, independent artist booths. And then like the biggest ones, you know, it'd be like the equivalent of like a city block. Like they're taking up a chunk of real estate. Um, they've got a stage, they've got costumes. Um, it can be pretty crazy. And but, the studios, the studios go out of their way, um, to kind of design their little areas and displays. Like they put a lot of money into it and it's really, really amazing to see when you first walk in there. Yeah. They want it to stand out. They want to get a ton of traffic. Uh, they're giving out key shirt, uh, keychains, t-shirts, buttons, uh, USB drives, like <laughs> bottle openers. It's weird. And then you just go home with like a mountain of tchotchkes and you know, some of them, you know, you like trade with people and everybody's jealous that you got them. One of like the smaller goofy things that I thought was super awesome is that I think it's Viz Comics, I think. Um, they're gonna, no, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, somebody is going to have uh, link shields made out of cardboard. I just want a link <laughs> shield. That's all I want. I would never argue against that. No, who doesn't want a link shield? I want one. 
Yeah. I want two. So, Sergio, you are a collector of vinyl toys and that sort of thing. So maybe you can introduce us to exclusives. So, yeah, exclusives are pretty much how you get into arguments with your wife (laughs) or loved one. And it pretty much consists of, uh, I mean, limited run, a limited edition of, let's say, I'll, I'll use Kid Robot as an example because it's one of my favorite exclusives to get over there. Um, let's say they have a six-inch figure that they're selling for something such as Adventure Time. Now, when San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con comes by, they'll announce exclusives, if they're attending, of course, such as variants of the six-inches I mean, the six inches, the six, the six inch figures that they have. And of course, those cost about the same price as the ones you would get on their website. Problem being that if you don't go to San Diego Comic-Con, it doesn't cost the same amount when you get it on eBay. And we, we discussed this a little bit earlier as to how the, the price fluctuates right now. If you go on eBay, you will find listing uh, like a listing or more, maybe, maybe a few listings of those toys or those exclusives that you're looking for that have been announced and leaked online or, you know, um, are on there. And it's pretty much a, in a sense, a pre-order that doesn't ship until they buy it because people have a tendency of bringing a group of people to go and get in these lines. You know, they'll bring their their whole store. It's a smart idea to be honest. Treasure hunters. Yeah. Yeah, so like a a, a kind of insider's point of view or things that you know, you know, from working on the blog or or whatever. Uh, there are people who like this is their livelihood, like the the purchasing and selling off of exclusives at a profit. And there's pros and cons to that because, you know, the quote-unquote real fans or the people who really want that exclusive for their fandom or their collective or collection can't buy it because, you know, there's the, the hunters. But that hunter is then able to turn around and make it available to somebody who lives in another city or state or country who wouldn't be able to attend Comic-Con and can then purchase it. So absolutely pros and cons. And... Um, there could be, you know, something where there's like a print or an edition of like 20. And then um, for some, you know, Funko figures, there's something like 1500. So, I mean, the spectrum of, of, of how much is available and what they cost is huge. Yeah. I almost wish they had like a lottery going almost like, you know, Logan's run, mm-hmm. but like with less yeah. explosions, of course, and, you know, <laughs> not, not dying at that part, but. That'd be great. Right, like a reality TV show where you compete to the death for your exclusive. Yeah. How bad like, do you hey, want it? Can you fight this guy? Dude, just use any weapon you want. You right. can theme it. Have you have the Hunger Games? You do a Hunger Games style brawl, and whoever wins gets the exclusives. Or like winner survives. Fear Factor. Oh, you want oh, that Funko figure? Eat well, that will spider. You eat a cockroach. Eat that yeah, spider. Maybe. Maybe I'll <laughs> eat a cockroach. What? You don't know me. I have a. Yeah. I have an issue with the Funko exclusives. You mentioned Funko. So, Ugh. Funko has these San Diego Comic Con exclusives, and then you can just go and get them at Barnes & Noble the day after with a different sticker on them. Let's talk about They're doing, talk yeah, about July. That. They have a few dates available that they will be releasing Comic Con-related merch on at Barnes & Noble. I want exclusives if I'm going to go to Comic Con. I don't want to be able to get it anywhere else. That isn't the a problem. Is you may not be able to unless you're in the line. Yeah, that that's that's another thing. Exclusives doesn't always mean exclusives. Sometimes this Comic Con exclusive means that you're able to purchase something 
before the general public, and then it will go on sale on their website or get a copy of a book before it's available for sale online or in stores. Um, some, yeah, but a lot of the times exclusives aren't exclusives. Uh, the majority of the Funkos will legitimately be exclusive, but then there's others that'll be available at a later date and time at Barnes & Noble or um, Hot Topic. Hot Topic. And so, you know, if you waited in line for two hours to get a hold of a figure that you can later buy at Hot Topic, that probably wasn't worth your time or your effort. So you got to do your research. I will say um, Funko has sort of let me down in the sense that they have released how many waves of announcements for San Diego Comic-Con? I think it's well over seven, maybe? There were eight waves. No, it it was eight waves. And one of the things that I thought was... You know, the coolest was the T-shirts. We hadn't seen those before. Yeah, something new at least. I was excited about the T-shirts. So basically it's a T-shirt with a character on it, Funko-ized. So it would be like a a Black Widow Funko T-shirt. You know, I think that's super cool. cool. That's very cool. That's fun, yeah. The, The thing is, though, when you release so many exclusives, as a collector, you will either do a number of things. Well, two things. One, either... Go crazy finding and getting as much of them as you can or, you know, just give up on trying to get all these exclusives. Uh, of course, you know, you can pick and choose to what your your liking is or what you're collecting. But uh, I don't know. And the thing is, I've always noticed that Amazon will eventually carry the uh, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives from Funko Pops, at least. Um, and they'll sell at a normal price, like, you know, maybe under 20 bucks. So at the Funko booth last year, there was like a flyer that they were handing out, which again, you know, was kind of saving people time and energy that would say, these are available for purchase on Amazon right now. And then you could just, you know, whip out your sm- smartphone, order it, and then leave, which I mean, I think yeah. is pretty cool. But again, it was the minority. It was probably like four or five of 40 or 50. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, all of those are really good points. There's probably something like 40 total exclusives. And of those 40 total exclusives, I would probably like to personally collect four or five. And that's just, yeah. I want what I want. I like what I like. So there's a couple Doctor Who's that were cool. Yeah. There's a couple Marvels that are cool. Um, and that's about it for me. For me, it's a, I, Hasbro, is releasing a 12-inch a Stormtrooper uh, from The Force Awakens that I uh, have to get my hands on. But they've also announced that they're going to sell it on their online store after. So it's, uh, do I want to get it at Comic-Con or do I want to take my chances and see if I can get it online? Yeah. If you're going to do it online, at least you get to do something else at Comic-Con. But I don't, exactly. have, the, I don't, I don't have the guarantee, which is like, should I, should I, should I not? I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, for, for Ricky... Should I stay or should I go? Yeah. For, for Ricky being a diehard Star Wars fan, I mean, standing in line for that item makes sense. And another good thing, uh, Ricky and I have a group of people that we have partnered up with, friends, lifelong friends, I would like to think, that we made and we talk with on the internet all the time. And you can do things like buddy up you know if you already have a friend who's going to be in line for hasbro and you want them to purchase something for you it's entirely possible that they could Um, they place limits on like the total number of things that you can buy or the total number of a specific thing that you can buy Um, funko announced this year which they've announced in years past so you have to wonder (laughs) whether or not it's legit Um, you could purchase one of everything if you wanted to but you cannot purchase two of the same item now, that's been the rule in years past, and it hasn't been true, but maybe this is the year that they enforce it. 
And uh, Funko Pop, uh, you know, just to sort of introduce it for people who don't already know, they make these cute, these these cutesy, cartoonized versions of figures. They have exaggerated heads and these like cute deer in headlight uh, doe eyes. I don't know. And there's probably one for your fandom. And so they've, I collect they've blown them. Blown up so much. Exactly. Yeah, they have the 40s, 50s style of animate, uh, not animation, illustration look where they just have their notorious little black eyes, like just little dotted eyes. And it's what and Ben would say, there's literally, for every fandom, there is a pop figure. Like, yes. every single fandom. Yeah. My inner hipster needs to point out that I was, like, so ahead of the curve, you guys have you, no idea. Before they were cool, Ben was all over that. Yes. Um, so all up in that Funko, all up in it, and so that's that's why that's sort of been an area of focus. Uh, Sergio loves Kid Robot. Uh, Ricky likes Star Wars, so everybody has a thing that they like. So and we'll go in line for yeah. it. Yeah, make a line. So what have oh, so, so so we've covered shopping, we've covered exclusives, cosplay, panels. Um, something else is off sites. Off sites are things that are happening outside of the convention center which could be affiliated with Comic-Con or not affiliated with Comic-Con. There are, there's bands playing, uh, stand-up comedians, Suicide Girls are doing a cosplay-themed burlesque show. There's something for everybody. And so some of them are parties, some of them are performances, some of them are, like, for example, the new TV show Scream Queens is going to have a ride that you ride that basically drops you 120 feet and it makes you scream. You see the theme there? Uh, uh, oh, I thought it was like, there's no safety. Like it's just, you just, just drop. You just die. Cause you're like a super fan. <laughs> exactly. It's part of the fun. It's uh, part of the fun. It's interactive. Um, Assassin's Creed is bringing back their parkour obstacle course, which I will do this year. I couldn't do it last year. I will do it this year. I would love, it, man. love to see that. Scope it. I will say this. The first year that I went to Comic-Con, I did not go to any off-site because I was so wrapped up in everything Hall H. I took a day last year to try to go to as many off-sites that I, as I could, and it was one of the best decisions I made. The off-sites, for the most part, are, to me, now an integral part of Comic-Con because there's so many cool things outside of the convention. The lines usually aren't as long Um it's just there's so many things from uh, Nerd HQ, which is uh, Zachary Levi kind of has his uh, his own little convention thing kind of uh, running concurrently with Comic Con. I think you can tell us a little bit about Nerd HQ, Ben, right? Yeah. So Zach Levy, who was the star of Chuck, he played Chuck, um, has then gone on to do other things. He's coming back to Comic Con this year with friends that he made from Chuck. He's going to be in Heroes Reborn, um, and so for the last several years, I think maybe this is the fourth fifth um operation smile God, i hope i'm getting that right operation smile, um, yeah. yeah so a, a large portion of the proceeds of the nerd hq panels basically anything above and beyond operating costs go to pay for uh cleft palette repair in third world countries uh last year i think they made like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is freaking awesome um, and, and they're small, intimate, ticketed panels. Uh, this year, it's going to be held at the San Diego Children's Museum. The panels will seat 200 people. Um, and there's, like, for example, a Marvel primetime TV one. There is a 
the con man one, which is a whole separate topic. There's a Heroes Reborn one. There's a Doctor Who one. So there's something for everybody. You pay 20-ish bucks and you get to sit with 200 other fans in like a super intimate guaranteed seat type setting, which is awesome. Um, the only one yeah, that, that I, sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. The only one that I ever attended was last year. First time ever. I went and saw Supernatural and it was uh, the actors who played Sam Dean, Castiel, and Crowley. And it was so awesome. I mean, I paid 20 bucks and I was in the same room with some people in a TV show that I've been watching for 10 seasons now. And it's very, I'm guessing they're a lot looser than they would be like in a Hall H kind of setting, right? They are. You know, I think that there's like a certain amount of, you know, I don't know, stiffness that comes along with being right. in a room with 600 people versus a room with 200 or 6,000 right. versus 200. Right. Right. I mean, that's insane. Sure. Um, and so those have already gone on sale and they sold out like instantaneously. Uh, but they have released a second wave and quite possibly a third wave where you could still get tickets. And some of them are cool because they make it like a, a mystery. One of them is just called a mystery panel. So you're going to pay like 20 bucks and then it'll be something like the most famous, amazing person ever. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, and I bought these tickets because I was feeling hopeful and other people didn't because they're like, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks for a mystery. And then you're in, like, something amazing. There's, I think we should discuss the fact that no one turns down the mystery box. No, I I don't know, though. They kind of do. Do you want this car or do you want you're right. the mystery you're box? You're right. Everybody wants the mystery box. I um, am gonna, I'm, I'm going to try to get tickets for it because I, I have a feeling there's going to be some crazy, crazy thing on this year. On don't say it, Ricky. Panel. We're going to be selfish. We have ideas who it could be, and we're not going to share that info. We're not going to share them. But, but yeah. there's the one called Mystery. There's the one called Women Who Kick Ass. So you know the women the women who kick ass will be women who kick ass. And that's <laughs> all you ass. know. I'm going to say, I'm calling it now, Tatiana Maslany will be on that panel. I mean, I want to believe that, but what I don't understand is why she's not able to do the Orphan Black panel, thus making it the men of Orphan Black. Men panel. of Orphan Black. Um, but I, I know that, I believe it's official that one of the women who kick ass is Felicia Day. And I, I agree, she kicks ass. She kicks ass. She does, and it hurts. She kicks all kinds of ass. That, by the way, Felicia, going back to what you said about seeing celebrities on the, on the exhibit floor, she is one of the celebrities that I've run into on the exhibit floor and said hi to. Yeah. And she run away or? No, she's super, super cool. Super nice. Um, I mean, like, I don't know her on a personal level and there's something always scary about like meeting your heroes, but I think that she just seems so, you know, nice and pretty and humble, um, accomplished. I mean, she's releasing a book. She like basically started a network. She's created a brand. She's amazing. She was on, uh, many episodes of Supernatural. I okay. love that girl. Love her. So yeah. So that's that's offsites and that's Nerd HQ. Ben, are you doing what what uh what offsites are you planning on doing this year? Well, I know that I'm doing the the enchantment under the SDCC party, which you are right. also the the unofficial blog party. So a party is an offsite, an offsite is a party. Um, 
uh, I'm gonna, I believe, be seeing Conan O'Brien on the on the Thursday. Lucky you. So, so there, he's doing four live tapings at Comic Con that will then air on TV, and I believe I'm attending Thursday, which is him interviewing the cast of The Hunger Games. Um, Amazing. Wednesday is sort of an independence. I know it's uh, Elijah Wood and somebody else. Thursday is, or sorry, Friday is the cast of Walking Dead and uh, Game of Thrones, which will be absolutely insane. But during Comic-Con, you have to find the balance. Um, If you were to attend that taping of Conan O'Brien and the cast of Game of Thrones and the cast of The Walking Dead, you would miss the Star Wars panel. You know, so there's just, you must pick the things that you want to do and prioritize. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it's really hard. I don't think... I think the the first year you go is almost impossible to do because, like I said before, you're so overwhelmed by everything going on that you just... You miss so many things, but... As you as the years go and you you go to more cons, you I think you get the hang of it. After I'm still getting the hang of it, but um, I uh, I'm going to the Nerdist uh a, a live taping of the Nerdist podcast this year, which Ben actually told me about. Um, Peter Capaldi's gonna be on it. He's the the current Doctor in Doctor Who, so I'm super super excited and I'm super happy that Ben uh, told me about it because I probably would not have known about it. Um, but yeah. Well- well, while also Maybe being Chris on the show, yeah. that's what we're gonna do. That's our goal. Well, while, while being go there, while being uh, Ricky's fairy godmother, I'm also a terrible influence. I'm like, hey, there's this thing you should go to, and it costs money. Hey, there's this thing you should buy, and it costs money. But Ricky, in addition to loving Star Wars, loves Doctor Who, and Absolutely. I think getting getting to be in the same room with somebody who plays the Doctor. Um, in an intimate type setting is something that he would absolutely kick himself if he didn't do later. And I almost, I almost didn't do it, but my fairy, my Comic-Con fairy godmother nudged and pushed me and I did it. So I'm so grateful and so happy that I did it. I think you're going to love it. Get in that pumpkin and do it. Exactly. You go be that pretty girl for three hours. (laughs) For three hours. (laughs) (laughs) and so I, I have attended two of the live Nerdist tapings. Uh, I am a Chris Hardwick fan. Uh, he is a huge presence at Comic-Con. And so the first year, it was the Matt Smith panel, who was a doctor, and it was right. amazing. And then, I'm just being honest, the second one that I went to, you basically had to buy the tickets, and they sold out before you knew who the guest was going to be, which is the same thing with Comic-Con. You buy the tickets before you know what's going to be there, right. knowing that it's going to be awesome. And the guest was CM Punk, and in my opinion, that was very lame. And so you win some, yeah, yeah. You win some, you lose some. To be honest, I don't give two craps about a vegan straight edge ex uh, pro wrestler. <laughs> though it's a little weird, yeah. Though he is handsome and interesting. There you go. There you go. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of those people there appreciated CM Punk, though. So you know, there's something for everybody. Something for everybody. So yeah, we're not going next year, Sergio. Next year, we'll do. We'll, yeah, we'll, definitely. Maybe we'll do a live podcast from over there next year. What? Um, uh, yes, we will. Even on, if we get kicked out on some street corner by the convention center somewhere. We'll set up live a on Periscope. Yep. <laughs> And so if Sergio wants to go next year, we will introduce him to the network of people. We will the help group. him get tickets. We will help him I'll get... I'll take my daughter and she'll dress as an Ewok. Yep. We'll help him get a hotel room. This is what fans do for each other. 
So yeah, I kind of, you know, we're, we're running a little low on time, but I kind of want to end it with what Ben was just talking about. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I could give is to, when you're at Comic-Con, don't be scared to talk to people. I, um, yeah. I've met such an amazing group of people. Ben is one of them at Comic-Con. Like Ben said, we're like lifelong friends now, I think, and we help each other out tremendously. And it's just, you have strength in numbers, especially like in, in a setting like this. So um, don't be shy. Anybody who's at Comic, like I don't want to say anybody, but for the most part, people are going to be super friendly and super, super kind and cool to you. Uh, you wait really, really long, like time, like a really long time in those lines. Um, and you get to really kind of know people and meet people that you end up becoming friends with. So try yeah. to talk to people. Try to talk to people when you're there. And you exchange. But don't be creepy. Yeah, don't be creepy. And you exchange phone numbers, Twitter right. handles, email addresses. Um, and we've made friends from England, Canada, uh, the Netherlands. Um, you know, people who go to Comic Con that you never thought that you'd meet, and it's been awesome. Awesome. Totally worth it. Um, yeah, don't be afraid to meet people. Don't be afraid to go somewhere you haven't gone before. Don't be afraid to go somewhere by yourself. Okay, that that needs like an <laughs> asterisk. Uh, you know, but I mean, you know, you, you decide, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of conventioned out. I'm going to go walk downtown and all of a sudden you're at a party or you're running into a famous person or you're getting an autograph. It's crazy. If you're a Comic-Con, find Ben Kacharski and he will point you in the right direction. I, I, w- I would like to think so. <laughs> um, so, so Ricky, I'm sorry, going back to something that you discussed earlier and I don't know, edit or something, uh, offsites. So I'm going to go to, uh, the Conan taping, uh, the unofficial blog party. Um, uh, I'm going to go to a couple of other parties. I'm going to go to the Funko, Funko days event, which is a ticketed event and you pay money to get into it. But basically you're with other Funko fans. You get some awesome swag, like some actual figures, people from the company talk and reveal upcoming things. Um, and then I can't really think of anything else and I'll probably kick myself later, but this is my first time doing the Funko. Funko Are are you doing, are you doing, are we doing Wired Cafe? Are you doing Wired Cafe? I don't know. I'm doing Wired Cafe. Um, so Wired Magazine puts on an awesome party for celebrities and media and people associated with those sorts of things, uh, winners of contests, etc. And it last year it was, uh, you know, it was like an open bar, uh, all you could eat appetizers. There was these amazing beer Ben and Jerry sundaes that were so good. Who knew beer and ice cream was something that you wanted, but so you good. do. Um, and so last year it was a three-day event. This year it's a one-day event, and we're hoping it's equally awesome, and we're thankful that we're invited. Um, yeah, and uh, there's a couple other parties that I'm going to try to get into. Some of them are small and humble. Some of them are gigantic and insane. Um, there's, like, there's one that's put on by Crave Entertainment, uh, and it's, it's famous bands like the Cold War Kids, right? Oh, Cold War, that Cold War Kids. That's fr- Friday night, right? Yeah, Cold War Kids and I think another band on a boat, and they take you out, like, onto the ocean. And slaughter you. I mean, they'll probably... I mean, it would be a great way to go, and there's a good chance that you're going to die. But, um, you know, like, on a boat, on the ocean, in San Diego, San Diego. drinking drinks, drinking. seeing a band. Like, is there anything cooler? No, there's not. 
There is not. I don't think so. There is not. Um, and so, in conclusion, because I'm a little brain fried, that's all I can think of with Comic Con, and we probably covered like ten percent. <laughs> we'll do. We're gonna For the other ninety percent. Check out our next seven hours. Yes. We are gonna do. We are gonna do a Comic Con wrap up though. After after all is said and done, so we can we can get more into what we saw and what we didn't see and what was awesome. And we should what do wasn't. a roundtable. We'll probably we'll do, do a roundtable with all you guys if you want. Yeah. Ben, oh. thank you so much for coming on and uh, and talking to us about and sharing your knowledge of the Comic-Con with us. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for the info and the insight. Yeah, and I hope to be invited back sometime in the near future when we discuss the development of our uh, CW dramedy that has been co-created, written, and starred and produced, directed by people from the chat room. Uh, hashtag, it's called, that's our Ben. Hashtag, that's our Ben. I know. Hey, we'd love to have that happen. I know that we joke about it. I am dead serious. <laughs> we need to write. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it's, it happen. It, we're adults. It's going to be epically CW. It's yep. going to be funny. You'll laugh. You'll cry. We'll cover all the cliches. We'll go places nobody's gone before. It's going to be amazing. And we, I mean, we just selling it. We have, we have the show. We have like three spinoffs planned. We have a whole That's Our Ben universe planned out. It's just going to be amazing. We know the finale for episode one. We're also going to have like Simpsons style uh, <laughs> Halloween episodes. I mean, it's going to be nuts. There you go. And then we'll have our own, you'll have your own panel at, uh, at Hall H. And I'll know that I've arrived. All right, wrap up time, guys. Ready? I'm Sergio I.M. I'm Ricky Kazvin. And that's, who are you? I'm Ben Kacharski. And we're all reminding reminding you to not be ultra-violent. Don't be ultra-violent. Not be ultra-violent. Don't get slaughtered on boats at Comic-Con. Keep your knives at home. Don't take back straight roads where you're going to get the hills have eyes by people. Don't do that. That's a good yeah, And just don't watch the Hills of Eyes. Yeah. Like, it's just gross. Hillbillies are scary and they'll eat you. Now, if you want to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook and Google+. So check out the show description for those details as well. And finally, if you want to support the podcast and help us out, the best way is to subscribe and share. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or just manually by adding us to your favorite podcatcher through our RSS feed. To your friends, family, enemies, personal robotic butlers, anyone you can think of, we'd really, really appreciate it. We really would.